years and years ago, asked my mom, um, you're so silly. How are we going to know when you lose it? And she just said, how do you know I haven't? Welcome to Christ in All Things, a conversation about meaning and purpose. It's based on a Bible verse, Colossians 1.17, which says, Christ is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Christ in All Things is a listening ear into conversations about receiving and giving the love and hope of Christ. And these conversations, they are an invitation. Because as you'll hear, and as much as we enjoy having them, Digital media operates from a distance, and that is not what's best for us, with God, or with one another. So, thanks for listening. And if you're in the neighborhood, we invite you to participate in person in the life that finds its epicenter at St. Paul's Lutheran Church, 210 East Pleasant Street in Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. Hi there. Hi. I am Pastor Lance O'Donnell. And I'm Pastor Jason Schockman. And we have a very special guest with us today. Indeed. Roxy Gerlach, who is a legend at St. Paul's. Not not just in her own mind. But truly a but legend. But truly a legend. Truly, yeah. truly a legend. Yeah. And we, we, Roxy, we definitely want to have you back another time just to talk about you or interview you, but... Our primary purpose today is I was I was thinking about this some months ago. Is I've seen I've seen some people in my work as a pastor, and and I know Pastor Shackman, you have uh, as well. It's w- one of the great privileges of my vocation is often our people are so much more pious and faithful than we are, and. And so we, we encounter some... We, I, I that mean, might so, be an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, well, you know what you do. Not everybody knows what... Yeah, well, that, that may know. be. So what, what, in, in my almost 20 years as a pastor now, one, one, of, one of my favorite couples that I've ever had the opportunity to serve um, were Andy and Louise Stenson. And... Your dad, Andy Stenson, golly, when did when when was it that Andy went to be with the Lord? Eight years ago. Eight years ago. What what was it? Do you remember the day? I think June third. June third. So we're coming up. Mm-hmm. We're coming up on eight mm-hmm. years pretty soon. Yep. Because we're re- we're recording on the seventeenth of May right. in the year of our Lord two thousand and twenty-two. Right. And very recently, your mother, after asking for it for a while, mm-hmm. asking for it being for the Lord to take her home. To finally deliver her from evil. So, yeah, she, you're, remind me, your mom, Louise, died on? March 20th. March 20th. Mm-hmm. Which is and, my daughter's birthday. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. So, so I wanted, I wanted to talk, we wanted to talk to you about, about your parents okay. and about aging gracefully and kind of have a kind of have a round table discussion here about it. And I think your parents were simultaneously very ordinary people and also extraordinary. Tru- truly ex- truly extraordinary. So and I and yeah. I I agree and it's not just because she you know randomly sang in German with me. Yeah. Uh, which was fun. <laughs> uh, 
but but really to watch her cling to faith mm-hmm. cling to christ right that was i mean i i've i've been doing this for nigh on 15 years now right uh being a pastor that is uh, and and louise is one of those one of those gals like like pastor o'donnell said that just you want to hang out with mm-hmm. right coming to do a a communion visit with Louise, I think was often better for me than it was for her. Yep, she's a hoot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So is that a correct assessment on my part to say that L- Louise and your dad, Andy, aged gracefully? It all depends what you mean by that. <laughs> so what do you think? I, um, years and years ago, asked my mom, um, you're so silly. How are we going to know when you lose it? And she just said, how do you know I haven't? <laughs> so that was kind of how she was. Yeah. And th- that that held true till the end because we weren't always sure if she was messing with us. Right. And so you, how old was your mother when she died? One hundred and a half and two days. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your mom. Oh, my mom... Uh, was a teacher, and uh, she started teaching when I was in third grade, and my little brother was in kindergarten. My grandpa and grandma lived next door, so we always had somebody to go home to, and my other grandpa lived with us. Uh, My mom uh, was strong and uh, independent. Um, she, She had a wonderful sense of humor, which is why we couldn't always figure out if she was messing with us or not. Uh, she was supportive, and yet she grounded us. I remember in high school worrying that people were talking about me, um, that they were gossiping. And she said, oh, honey, they have much more interesting things to talk about than you. <laughs> and, That's brilliant. <laughs> and it hurt my feelings, but, yeah, they probably had much better things to talk about. So... Um, through the years, she was always a strong prayer. Um, when I lived with them, um, maybe 20 years ago or so, uh, every morning I heard my mom and dad having devotions. That was a very big part of their life, having those devotions in the morning. And it gave them um, a base to move from. So how did they do those devotions? They sat at the kitchen table and they read and they, they read from the Bible. They read devotional books. Then they prayed together. And they didn't censor their prayers because I was in the house. Um, so sometimes it was kind of um, uncomfortable for me mm. <laughs> because it involved me um, and my own situation. So... That was hard, but it was also... And they were in their late 70s, early 80s at this time. Yeah. 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 They, they moved a lot. Um, they, they kept very active. They were golfers. <laughs> um, and oh, let's see. When, when one morning when my mom woke up, she said, and this was lately, um, she said, well, I guess I'm not in, I can tell I'm not in heaven because this is not a martini. <laughs> <laughs> and 
she hadn't had a drink probably since she was maybe 50 or 60. So mm. I thought that was pretty funny. She was. She inspired us to go ahead and try harder. How so? Mm. She never. She never put uh, a limit on our top end. You know, you can. You can go more. And yet, she was always that safety net to mm. hold us. How many? How many of there? How many are you? Okay. Of you and your siblings? I have three brothers. Two of them are older, and one is younger. And I'm smack in the middle because my oldest brother is four years older. And my youngest brother is four years younger. Gotcha. But I'm the only girl, which is very special. Yeah. yeah. Smack in the middle. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm it's sure. A whole so new were you, spin were you on the, the middle spoiled little lady by, by Andy Stenson? Um, my dad, um, again, did not. Uh, um, the time that I grew up, the women were kind of limited in their roles, and my dad never did that. Uh, he taught me to throw a good spiral. He taught me to play baseball. Um, he, and and I, I'm not athletic by any stretch. And, and when you talk about growing older gracefully, nobody would ever think of me as graceful. But <laughs> I tip over. Um, but that's, that's, I have a little balance problem. But um, Daddy, when I graduated from college as a teacher, he told me, you know, I always thought maybe you would be an industrial chemist. And I thought, because really? your father was a chemistry teacher, right? Yeah. But he he always encouraged me in math and science, and in in those days, that was not a those were not girl subjects, and those were my favorites. So and so, I mean, this is a separate. Well, we're going to talk about you more, but. Um, but you ended up a kindergarten teacher. Yes, which was my dream, either that or a, a ballet dancer. But, but, but you have a little bit of yes, a balance yes, problem. Yes, I have that. So. So, yeah, so this was a better choice, <laughs> yeah, to live my dream. Yeah. So your parents, you found them aging gracefully by the means by which they prayed. Mm-hmm. Yes. How else? Um, they always remained active. Um, when they built the house that I live in now, they were, my dad was 70 and, um, they would go out for walks, like a four mile walk and they would take, um, garbage bags with them and they would pick up the litter and then they would go back later with their car and pick up the bags of garbage. They always, they volunteered at, uh, at Bethesda for many years. They volunteered up in Shoreham. And Bethesda, Bethesda for our listeners is a, is a home for... The developmentally challenged right. nearby in Watertown, Wisconsin, right. and school and yeah. school, right? Yeah, and um, at at um, Bethesda, um, they celebrated my dad's eighty. I think it was his eighty fifth birthday, and one of the residents said, "Don't you think it's about time to retire?" <laughs> but you know, they like they like to be active. They like to be active, and they golfed. So, so. prayer, mm-hmm. being active. Mm-hmm. Specifically, golf being being useful, being useful. What, what do you mean? Um, serving other people, they yeah. like to do that. Uh, I as I was going through my one of their um, scrapbooks, I found a picture of my mom and my son, um, and he was I don't know if he was in eighth grade or he might have been in high school, but that was uh, about the time that Lord's Cupboard started here, the food pantry. And they were sorting the food and getting 
bags ready. So that was one of the things that they worked with. They were involved with Lutherans for Life, um, and there's there's a whole big story behind their strong support of that. Tell tell us a little bit about that. Um, my dad grew up in a time when um, when having a child outside of marriage was so so shameful for the child too, and his mom. He didn't know that she was his mom until he was 23. She was his sister until then. Mm. And um, my grandpa, bless him, um, did not want to send her away. So he, uh, grandma pretended to be pregnant, and Joe stayed to take care of grandma during her confinement. And daddy was born. Um, and they, he didn't know until he was going to marry my mom that, uh, he, that Joel, Josephine was his mama. How about that? Yeah. He was going, and then he was going to, because my, grand, my other grandpa was a pastor, um, Grandpa Stenson thought maybe um, my mom wouldn't want to marry him. Or maybe my other grandpa wouldn't allow it. And they they weren't weren't on that bandwagon right hmm. so praise god yeah so and how did that meeting go when when with his i don't know with his sister become his mom i don't know i think that um they he he had such a love for his adoptive parents and i don't know if grandpa and grandma actually adopted him or not i don't know about right. that i don't know if they fudged on the um the birth certificate. I don't know what happened because he was born at home, um, and it, I didn't find out about that. And you know, I, I it was a just a strange happenstance that I found out about it. But um, they, Josephine was with my parents when my oldest brother was born down in um, Gary, Indiana, um, and she was very very nervous. <laughs> That's all I remember about it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, about them, the story, you know. I, I'm, I'm glad to hear a happy story on that because I have a, a somewhat unhappy mm-hmm. story related to that from my own family. So my, my maternal grandmother w- found out that she was adopted in a fit of anger, in a spat with her mm. parents. And... It appears from my family history that that led to a, dare I say, almost catastrophic spiral mm. for my grandmother, um, from which really she never recovered. And so I, I'm always glad to hear happier stories from those type of announcements. Mm-hmm. So your parents were very involved with the right to life stuff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and very related to his own origins. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. You look like you had a question, Pastor Shacklin. Just soaking it in. Yeah. <laughs> so, you, so you talked about aging gracefully by, by prayer, by being active, by serving. How, how else did you see in, in your parents people that aged gracefully? They loved well. They loved very well. I, I think of 
I mean, they loved us as a family, but they loved each other also. I remember as my dad was dying and he was in uh, the hospice bed beside my mom, every night when they went to bed, they held hands till they fell asleep. They loved each other very much. It's a, it's a pity, Pastor Shackman, that you weren't around for Andy um, because, well, you can imagine it, having met her. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what a, mm-hmm. what a delightful couple they were. Yeah. And he was spunky, too. <laughs> How so? <laughs> oh, he just was. He just was. He taught chemistry, and sometimes people, the students would say things like, you're not being fair. He said, I never said I was going to be fair. You know, so, yeah. Hezekiah 3.16. Oh, brother. Which is not a book of the Bible, people. It's not. <laughs> it's, it's a fictitious book of the Bible that, that I fabricated in my head, uh, weaving together bits and clips of Bible verses and uh, those kind of grandma's, you know, pieces of advice that people think are in the Bible, but they're not, you know. He's, he's going to be a difficult old man. Roxy, oh. he, yeah, he you can already tell he's because yeah. he likes to kind of yeah, poke. Okay. I, I can't. Ima- I'm imagining okay. you when you're an old old man, Pat, you know, and some young pastor is coming to take care of you. You crazy kids, get off my lawn! <laughs> yeah, you know, you pulling yeah. the poor young pastor's leg. Oh yeah, yeah, that'll be me. Um, the Hezekiah three sixteen, which doesn't exist, folks, says life's not fair. Deal with it. Mm. Yeah, that, that's your dad's mm-hmm. message to the chemistry classes. Mm-hmm. I never said I was fair. Mm-hmm. I, I want to hear a little bit yeah. more about loving, loving well. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, every time a great-grandchild was, was born, my dad wanted to get there that day, that day. And it didn't matter if he was on the verge of having a heart attack. When he went to see my grandson, Alex, who is almost 21, well, no, he's 20 and a half, so he's not almost. But we drove down to Kenosha so he could see him. And I wanted to drop him off up at the door. Nope, because he wasn't feeling just quite right. And we got home. He was just so happy. The next day he had a quadruple bypass. Oh, wow. So Did uh, he know this was happening? I think he knew something wasn't quite right. But, but there's uh, a grand, great-grandchild that goes yeah. but, he, but he was going to yeah. go, and if that was going to be it, yeah. I was going to see my great-grandson. Yes. yes. Good for him. Yeah. And he, he loved holding babies. I, there are so many pictures of him with the babies. And he, um, when he was younger, he looked a little bit like a mafia guy with the long, dark hair and the cigarette hanging out of his mouth. Um, but when he got older, uh, and probably in the early 60s, he started wearing a crew cut or a flat top. And he loved to pick the babies up and rub their bellies on his flat top. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't, they always giggled, you know. Yeah. Sometimes spit up down his back, but that, you know, <laughs> that's how that went. Yeah. yeah. Marvelous. So, so by prayer, by being active, by serving, by loving well, I want to hear. I still want to hear a little bit more about loving mm-hmm. well. He loved. They loved babies. Mm-hmm. They loved. They loved on each other. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about how they were with you, kids. Maybe when you were younger, and how that changed, or did it change as when you became adults? One thing my mom would talk about. She she found it funny, um, because they were both teachers. When they would get home 
at night and we'd have supper, they would be um, I don't, just chatting with each other over the table. And we all got in the ha- habit of raising our hands to be called on. At when, the dinner table. At the dinner table, Brilliant. yes, yes. And that worked well for us. And we didn't realize that not everybody did that. You know, <laughs> There were a lot of things like that that I thought everybody did, but no, they didn't. Um, like chanting for the food to be passed, please pass the butter. I thought everybody did that <laughs> until I went to somebody else's house and they looked at me funny, you know. When you sang at their table. Yes. Please pass the butter. <laughs> yeah. I love it. But it, that carried well. But th- there were a lot of things that we did that were just fun. We went on um, winter picnic, breakfast for breakfast picnic at Whitnow Park. And we would meet another teacher there and their family. And we would uh, start the grill up and fix eggs and bacon. Outside? We, yeah. Yeah. We had... We had not a lot of money, but we had a lot of experiences. Um, they also welcomed people from other countries into the home. Um, I don't know. If I, I don't know if this was to show them what a crazy American family was like or what a typical American family was like. I'm not sure, but we had had experiences with people from the Congo, uh, from China, from Japan. Um, we had foreign, a foreign exchange student from um, Argentina who, who stayed with us. It was just a, a really good experience. We had, it was very rich. And they, they included us, the kids, in all their experiences, which uh, I, thought, I think made it rich for us growing up, having that variety. So how did things change when... You became, you know, when you had your own children, when you became a parent, how did, how, how did that, was there a, a, a difference as they became grandparents? Well, they moved to Florida. <clears throat> um, Th- that'll change things. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was, that was different. But they um, invited us down there often. Uh, we, my family went about once a year, and we had just so much fun. They uh, provided experiences for our children that we couldn't have done. You know, they they found that when they retired, they actually made more money than when they were teaching. Um, How in the world? That's another subject I do want to talk yeah, about because yeah. they were incredibly generous people. Yeah. And this is from a high school chemistry teacher. But yeah. so somehow they made more money in retirement than right. they did earlier. And with those resources, they... Gave you more experiences. Right, right. And that was, I, I appreciated that very much, too. Um, when, when they were first married, everything was, I, I was very tight. And it's especially in winter when there were the heating costs. They didn't have enough paycheck to get to the end of the month. And so they would take out a loan, and then they would pay that back when they got paid. Um, my son pointed out to me, well, now we have charge cards that kind of serve that same function. Um, I hadn't thought about that. But they were always very careful about their finances. Um, And God was good with them. There was a time when they didn't have groceries left, and they had $1 left. 
And it was Sunday, so they put the dollar in the offering. And when they got home, my uncle was at their house. He had come down from, I think it was, he lived in Iron Mountain at that time. Um, and he, he had groceries. Northern, Michi- Northern yeah. Michigan. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, oh, that's a ways up there, yeah. Hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we lived on the south side, so, you know, it was the same thing. Yeah. Um, same, same accent. Um, but <laughs> but um, he had groceries with them. And he said he didn't know why, but he just felt like he needed to come down. And God provided for them. They, there, was, there were things like that that happened throughout their lives that they knew it's okay. God's got this. And we don't have to, he already has the answer before we have the question. And um, I think that guided them a lot through their ups and downs financially. When, when you have tasted and seen that the Lord is good, it is in, in those ways, mm-hmm. right? Where God provides and you had no idea mm-hmm. how you were going to get through. And so you just trusted God and then he took care of it, right? Uh, in those moments, he, he provides in ways that make it really easy to learn to love well, mm-hmm. to serve your neighbor, mm-hmm. to uh, be active in serving your neighbor, mm-hmm. and to put your priorities first, to be in the Word, mm-hmm. to pray, to continue to stick to His Word. I want to. I want to. I want to. It's time for us to take a break. Well, that's what I was trying to wrap us but, up. There. But I want to. I want us to come back to that note, uh, and Andy and Louise Stenson as people of faith. For show notes and other information about this or other episodes of Christ in All Things, visit ChristInAllThings.org. Comments may be emailed to comments at ChristInAllThings.org. To support Christ in All Things, click the donate page at either ChristInAllThings.org or SPLCO.org. In thanks for a one-time gift of $100 or more, you receive a pair of nerdy blue light blocking glasses with the Christ in All Things logo on them. Pastor Shockman loves these. That is so not true. Patrons who subscribe for a monthly gift of $20 or more will have early access to the show and receive some on-air clapping, as well as a pair of Wisconsin-made Christ in All Things hiking socks. Gifts of $1,000 or more will receive thunderous on-air clapping and a word of thanks, plus a handmade leather Christ in All Things folio by the Murdy Creative Company. For a gift of $10,000 or more, we will go bleepin' bananas. <laughs> Do a happy dance and take the show on the road to your home or wherever it is you'd like to fly us to record with you. All post-production surplus supports youth ministry at St. Paul's. Thank you for your support. Christ in All Things is a production of St. Paul's Lutheran Church, 210 East Pleasant Street, Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. For more information about St. Paul's, visit splco.org, email us at info at splco.org, or call us at 262-567-5001. Intro, outro music, setting by Joseph Hurl, copyright 1998, Concordia Publishing House, used with permission.